to the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Welcome, Barons. Today's Tenuous Link Golf Podcast is brought to you by Under Armour. Makers of some of the finest performance golf apparel, shoes and accessories you will find anywhere on the planet. Under Armour Apparel is incredibly comfortable, is the perfect blend between athletic and swagger, and they have something for all kinds of conditions, whether hot or cold, or even in between. Add some more swagger to your wardrobe with Under Armour, fully Barons approved apparel. Now, guys, we don't have Dav in today. He's been, he's been dropped after last week's match play incident. Um, <laughs> so it'll just be me and Phil. But today, big man, you're looking surprisingly well adjusted for a man who has more reason to feel claustrophobic than most of us. I am surprisingly well adjusted because I've cordoned myself off from my family and nothing can be Ooh, better are than you that. well cordoned? I am cordoned. I am Neil Cordner. Coach Cordner. I love it. Was there a Neil Cordner <laughs> well, or have I just ruined someone's I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I just try to play along with you, Phil. Let's, if it, I'm, I'm already hating on this, Phil. Yeah. I'm already hating. There's a, there's a lot there's a lot of pent up anger this week. We've had a we've had a brief little chat about what's to come Go today, on. and it. it's fair to say we're both a little bit upset. Go on then. Go on. Do you want me yeah, to kick I really off? Do. Am I kicking off? Right. My hate, and it's one that I know many of our listeners are going to agree with me. Are the golf is is the golf closures the course closures in Victoria specifically in Victoria. I think it's an absolute joke, Philip, an absolute joke. This seems so short-sighted. And now, fair enough, I understand they're all trying to be do the right thing around COVID-19, but I'm sorry, this just screams of class warfare. You don't sound as angry as I was expecting you to because, dead set, this pisses me off. Oh, well said, the sir. Fact- I agree. I concur, Phil. I concur. <laughs> we've, got, we've got New South Wales and Queensland, and this is a very Australian, Australian-centric argument. But we have New South Wales and Queensland who are allowed to continue to play golf because they understand Mm -hmm. that there is no more collective getting together of people or lack of social distancing than there would be, for example, having to now line up at Coles, you know, to go and buy my groceries so that three people Mm -hmm. in, three people out with a bouncer sitting on the door, the only thing he's missing is a number on his chest. But Damo, (laughs) talk to me about, because I know that this is a, you're, you're a man who doesn't just throw around hates lightly. Not always. And on this occasion, I think I've got a little bit of a fair bit of backing behind me. I mean, I mean, first of all, is there another sport in that I can't, I cannot think of another sport where social distancing is almost inherent to it? Number one, Dev's favourite sport, tennis. But I know that was a rhetorical question. No, you could both be volleying. You're, you're within, <laughs> work with me. Ball boys, come on. There's a lot of touchy feely stuff going on there, Phil. Golf. It's not only that, for me, there's a real issue, and it's something I think is getting swept under the carpet. Golf is is one of the most important pursuits for a lot of a lot of men, particularly, in order to for, for mental stability, to be honest. There's a lot of guys who use it as an outlet, as an as a form of escapism to get out and just reset their minds and not feel the the pressures that can often um, come from everyday life. And now, of all times, this is so important. I can't believe Beyond Blue aren't screaming at the government to open golf courses. Well, Beyond Blue have obviously got to be a little bit careful about what side they jump on and, and as per a- Because of funding, hey? Because of funding, but or, or as per it's a meeting I had with them a few years ago, which is, oh, we've got to be very careful not to choose sports. Well, this is not about sport. It's about lifestyle. It's about lives. It's about, it's about people feeling so connected to- somebody else and and if i can go for a walk with someone why can't i go for a walk with them dragging along a golf bag behind me or carrying a golf bag on my shoulder we understand that the little changes were made in terms of putting the little foam uh, excess cups in so the ball didn't hit the bottom of the cup we had to leave the flag in much to my chagrin so we're making adjustments we're both chagrining. we made these adjustments we made social distancing mm-hmm. adjustments we made the you know you were just the number of people playing in your group yet we've got two states who continue to be allowed to play golf. And we, in fact, it's only I think it's only Victoria now and Tasmania where golf is banned. What is interesting and what I find even more fascinating when we talk about funding models is that Golf Australia have just come out with a change of advice saying, we now are declaring golf a safe sport to play. 
which means uh, that for the last four weeks it's been played in New South Wales and in Queensland against Golf Australia's own advice, and you've got to ask the which question. Which means it, does anyone listen to Golf Australia? Does anyone listen to Golf Australia? Or oh, Golf Australia said it was safe to play, or Golf Australia said it wasn't safe to play. Really what Golf Australia needed to do from day one is go into bat for the game on the basis of the reasons that we play the game. 100%. They needed to come down pretty hard saying, get out there and play golf and get a lot more public pressure. And not pressure by numbers is that get out and play golf. Play in groups of two if you have to, or three in my case, because it's got to be three and we know why, don't we, Al? But you have to be able to go and and play golf and express yourself. And golf's governing body needed to say we need to respect They let us down, Phil. They've let us down. They let you down more than me and they let me down a lot. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Do you think we'd be in the situation where we were if golf wasn't considered a rich man's game? In Vic- it's in Victoria. I can promise you 100% that given the fact the Premier of Victoria, the, the worst thing that could have happened to golf in Victoria is you have a Premier who plays golf because he mm-hmm. felt the need to take this oh, I'm one of you, I'm one of you stance, even though golf yeah, is a game of absolutely. the people, but he felt the need to stand up there because had he allowed – to play golf, and this is where votes take over from common sense. Had he allowed golf, there would have been this uproar saying, well, you're just doing that because you're an elitist and you're this and you're that, as opposed to, no, it makes sense. We're playing, we've got very few people on a massive area of land, and I've got to tell you, I took my kids for a bike ride along the foreshore around Port Phillip Bay, and Mm -hmm. the number of people that were there, and not congregating on the beach, all trying to practice social distancing whilst overtaking Mm -hmm. each other on bikes and bumping into each other. I mean, it was packed, and people were doing the right. There were no one in more than groups of two unless they were family, and it was fantastic to see that if asked, we can actually do the right thing without too many rules, but there would have been a 100 times more people there, and therefore, in theory, a 100 times the risk versus poor old me and Damo, or me, Alan, you know who I'm talking about, wandering down for a game of golf in the wide open spaces. 100. Couldn't, I actually hate that I'm agreeing with you this much, Phil. It hurts me and I'm not used to it. I'll have to settle. It'll have to settle with me at some point. But here's a question. like Horse racing, is that an, is that an essential? I'm sorry. The, the, I can't let this go. Why is horse racing okay? Because Is that an essential service? Now, I get that there are a lot of people involved with it. There's a lot of people involved with the golf industry. Do you know why it's essential? I can tell you why it's essential because here, Phil, I did a bit of research. Dorothy Dix. Here we go. Taxes generated by the Victorian racing industry for the state government annually, $469.4 million. And there, right there, Phil, is your bloody answer. It's about money. Can I just ask you then, if we combine that- If we combine that with alcohol tax excise- might that then explain gambling and drinking tend to go hand in hand. The bottle shops mm-hmm. are allowed to be open because while I'm watching the races, I've got to have a beer in my hand. And all of a sudden you start to say, well, essential services. So we can't play golf, but we can bet on the punt or we can have a punt while we're also having a- You can bet on the punt. We can bet that's on good. the punt. Yeah, that's because <laughs> I'm not too good at my word usements. But Carlton Draft in hand, and I can be betting on race four, number seven. As long as you're not playing golf, everything will be okay. Yeah. I think it's I think it's an absolute journey. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't think the racing industry should necessarily be shut down either. That's not what I. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's it's ridiculous that golf is shut down in this state when these other things are. The only reason they're open is because it generates too much money for them to turn away from, and they can play they can play the whole class friggin' warfare garbage that is just it's just it's so against what is required right now. Good pisses me off, Phil. Oh, but it's, it's I'm only just getting started. Oh, anyway, no. anyway, Phil, that's my hate. I've got it off my chest. I don't think I've actually rid myself of it. It's going to be lingering for some time. But anyway, let's go over to you. I'm sure you've got something slightly less abusive. I mean, it's less abusive. <laughs> it's really interesting. And having a couple of conversations over the last couple of weeks about how generous people are in this current state of, of COVID and lockdown and all the rest of it from a, a retailer's point of view. And the generosity extends to people who are – I know you're doing it a bit tough, and I'm just trying to help out. So, you know that golf bag that you've got for 450 bucks. Why don't I take it off your hands for 200 That's how good a bloke I am. And it is the exception. It's false. It's, fo- it's faux. It's a faux do-gooderism. It is faux do-gooderism. I didn't see. Again, we go with these combination of words, and I love it. To be fair, it's only 40% actual words there. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Gooderism, <laughs> no, gooderism good, is good now a word. You. If I converse, if I'm a kid and I converse someone, then gooderism is back in. Trademark. Trademark. But this idea that people are going out of their way to do the right thing. So really at this point in time, do you know what doing the right thing is? 
is going to a cafe and getting a takeaway coffee and bolting just in case you breach social distancing rules. Make sure it's in your own suburb. Um, as long as it's in your own suburb. And bad luck and if hold you your live breath on while the you cusp and your cafe is in another suburb, I, I have no time for you. But, you know, when people are fronting up and continuing to say, oh, look, I just want to help you out. You don't mind losing a little bit on this one, do you, for me? Because, you know, I'm really in it for the spirit. No, just declare that, no, no, I'm still being the same tight-ass prick that I was being when we didn't have COVID-19. <laughs> in fact, I'm, I'm abusing it. I'm yeah. abusing the system at the moment just to try and get ahead again. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. Scumbags are going to be scumbags. And I do have a – look, I do have a soft spot for, for retail and a lot of retailers, but particularly when this mate of mine I know who's – you know, you, you find it a little bit tough in times like these when people are being told to get indoors and then you finally get a customer who you think you've earned the right through some outstanding service and knowing this guy, the service would have been outstanding. But to then give it that, look, thanks for the offer of the 200 bucks on something that cost me 380 got to appreciate that's not that big a favour. So I don't like the do-gooder <laughs> excuse. It is the exception, yeah. not the rule, but don't give me that crap. At the risk of playing devil's advocate here, Phil, is, it just not a, is that just not a uh, supply and demand market situation, free market transition? Yes, so don't try and disguise it as anything but. Okay. Just say I'm no. here to offer you 200 bucks for something that cost you 300 Just asking a question. No, I don't Just think you're right. I think you're poking the bear and the bear is not in a mood to be poked. <laughs> He's an angry bear. He's an angry bear. All right, Phil. I need to get I need to get the bear up and about. He's a bit flat. He's a bit angry. What have you got that you love? I love, love me. I lo- and love is easy because l- this is about the game and the purity of the game. I love watching improvement in anyone from stranger to friend, but particularly friend and, and associates and otherwise. And there are a couple of examples of, of late. And one, I was on a practice fairway at a, a golf club where I play golf and, and an old mate of mine who I've known for a long, long time was there getting a lesson. And with a couple of adjustments was striping it. And he already potentially was mm-hmm. the best eight mark the world's ever seen and the best long iron player. But oh, nice. he was- Blades? Is he a blade man? I need to know. Uh, Is he a blade man? He should be. A blade man. That's probably oh, what I'll say. Bl- but he go. was absolutely striping it just with a couple of changes. But watching the joy on his face as the pro made a couple of little and really minor tweaks, but just the, oh, I get it, this is the love, and you can see what the love is in the game. The other one is- you got two. The other one Philly. is work experience kid. Double love. Oh, no, work experience kid. What's he so been up to? Work experience kid is so excited when-, when he makes these changes to the game that we take for granted in that one of his major missions was learning how to hit first three wood and then driver, even though mm-hmm. he hits his three on as far as I hit driver. But he hits a good three on. He's, he's, I couldn't even tell you if he was any good with his driver because every time I try and coax him into doing it, he just looks at me and goes, nah, not doing it. Yet I get not a text it. message this week saying, I've learned to hit driver, check out these numbers. And he's actually texted me. Trackman, trackman <laughs> numbers. How's my hang on? Followed yep. by how's my swing path? So you talk about the love and the the oh, passion. Listen to it. The passion of yep. getting into the game and and getting like if you're in it, you're in it completely. And to actually see Did, that, like initially, I'd look at that and go, like if that was one of my mates who'd been playing for twenty five years, I'd just go, you're a yep. tosser. I'm really <laughs> unhappy with you. But with work experience, kid, this is a you can't. It's help a genuine passion at the moment, passion isn't it? Yeah. And the love. And the excitement of learning new things, and we speak a lot about that a lot, about these these new things and new discoveries the game can give you. Well, for him, it was learning to hit driver with a great swing path, followed up by, yes, I bought one, and followed up by me taunting him that I'm still going to beat him by 15 shots. Did the TrackMan data that he supplied to you, did it tell you how much wind assisting, <laughs> assistance he had <laughs> in the driving? Oh, no, it wasn't his. He sent me someone else oh, okay, that was good. actually a good oh, it was Dustin. He said to the pro, some, oh, I'll give you someone who's actually good at this. No, no, some it, guy um, called no Dustin. in fact, I, I, you'll be happy with me because being the world's tallest short hitter, I did go back to him with, geez, what happened to your club head speed? I said, that's what you generate out of a three iron. And, yeah, I you got, can't say got, that to anyone. <laughs> I got a very quick reply and it was a very honest reply, but it was just fantastic. So this idea of improvement and one of the great things about the game is you can always improve one element, long putting, short putting, mm. chipping, getting off the tee, all the way through to ball flight, yeah. shape. Out of the bunker. It doesn't matter. All sorts of things. Best game. Demo. It's a great. Demo. Best, best, ga- game best game in the world, not allowed to be played. Yes. Yep. As long as you awesome. don't play it, best game ever. Yeah. Just don't play it. But let's go to the races. Anyway, moving along, loves for me, Phil. I love, and I genuinely love this, the ingenuity of humans. And what I mean by that, it's, it's the pro- this problem-solving nature that we have that when, we, when we're struck with some sort of a dilemma or, at the moment, the pandemic, golf, there are just golf solutions to problems. And I love that, that the mind just goes and not only does it 
do we come up with solutions to these things? We do it really quickly. Like this stuff happens really quickly. It's just, it's more proof to me that necessity is the mother of all inventions. And the, the thing I'm talking about most, and there's a lot of different things out there, but the one that I've focused on, the one that just has made me sit up and go, oh my God, that's so simple, yet it's bloody ingenious, is the golf ball easy lift. I don't know if you've seen this, Phil. Look it up. It's E-Z or E-Z-L-Y-F-T. And this is, it's a touchless ball retrieval system, basically. And the whole idea is that uh, it's got like a little, a little hook on the flag and a, a levering system that lifts your ball and, and basically just brings your ball up out of the hole. So you don't have to touch the hole, you don't have to touch the flag. As much as we hate the whole flag and thing, it's obviously a bit of a necessity at the moment. So no one wants to touch the flag, not that we can because we're not playing. Thank you, Daniel Andrews. But this thing is, it's so easy to install. It's like five minutes. You can put it on any, any pin that's existing. So you don't need a special pin for it. It's made in the US. You know, everything about it. It's it's the lazy man's aid as well, which I love. Let's be honest. I love that. You don't have to, you don't have to get down in the hole. Just bring it up, bring it out. But it just saves so much time. But it means that we can play golf in or in times when otherwise we shouldn't be allowed to, or we're being told we're not allowed to. Like this is the thing that we sort of just touched on before. The solutions are already there. They're already there, and we're not, and we're still trying to come up with excuses because oh, rich man's game. It's just bullshit. And the deluxe one, I, I like. You know, you talk about the really good version, and that is outstanding. I mean, it is, it is absolute genius and engineering genius. But what I loved was the fact that you get one of those swimming pool noodles, and you just chop that into bits and <laughs> whack that in the cup, and stops the ball going down, which is all they had at my my joint. And I thought something as simple as that is just outstanding that someone said, we need to prop yeah. the ball up in the cup. I know. We have a work, we, you know, have a get together in a work in progress meeting and we throw around some ideas, a bit of brainstorming. Brain, we don't need brainstorming, mate. What you need? Some swimming pool noodle. Oh, yeah. That's okay, it. Okay, yeah. Well, let's move on. Let's have What's a beer and watch the race. solutions. But even this, like this, thing's, this thing for a whole course is like 500 bucks for a course, not even. It's like 495 or something to get 18 holes fitted with this thing that just eradicates that problem. Done. Solved. We're shutting down courses, but we can fix it this simply. Anyway, it's. I know that I know. I almost verged into a little bit of a, a bit of a hate there, Phil. Um, but no, I love it. I love the the tr- the genuine ingenuity of humans. We need to celebrate it more instead of knocking these people and and having a crack at them about oh they're just trying to make money. They're trying- yeah, good on them. I hope yeah. they make. I hope they make millions. I hope they have. They they can buy themselves a little Tahitian island somewhere. Good on them because they've solved a problem for us and they deserve everything that comes. That's almost game-changing ingenuity, Damien. I love where you're going, Phil. <laughs> and I can actually – I may as well keep going because my game-changer is very much around the sim- a similar thing. I've been thinking to myself, what can we do, again, to, to make the risk of COVID-19 even less on a golf course, so much so that we might even be allowed to play golf? And I've gone with one, Phil. Ready? Ready for it? You braced? Probably. Disposable golf gloves. What did you just well, – sorry, what was that? Disposable golf. I know. Clubs. What was that? So both hands. So every start of the game. Wait, wait for it. Hear me out. Tommy. So this is all all about the safety. The safety. Safety first, Philip. Safety first. Start of a round. There, there might even be a little dis, a little dispenser on the first tee box, right? So you get there. You don't have to bring your own gloves. You forgot your gloves. Doesn't matter. Here you go. Couple to dispense. Bang bang. Both hands. You don't have to worry about left and right combinations. You see where I'm going and sizing. Final hole, maybe there's a bit of a bin, bin, you know, to get rid of them. Throw them in. Some hand sanitizer gets rid of all of that rubbish. Maybe a little fire in winter, Phil, just to get a bit of mood, a bit of ambiance to melt the latex on in, your hands. Fire them up. Yeah, well, not latex, Phil. Now, obviously, it can't be leather because I mean that would just be too expensive. You don't want to be throwing away leather every time. That's also impractical. So I've discovered something that feels. It will give you the same feel of leather, like it's very much like leather, but it's not leather. It's faux leather. It's like leather, but it's faux, <laughs> Phil. It's faux. This is why I need to go and play golf. <laughs> and I've even got a name for this. Oh, go on. The LTGO gloves. Live twice, glove once. Boom. LGBTI no, plus. Hold. What? LTGO. Live twice, Live glove once. twice, glove once. Yeah. Look, I haven't- It's not great. It's not trademarked or anything. <laughs> but the point- My point is- let us play. We will do anything to let us play. We will We will wear surgical gloves if we must. Uh, Damo. Oh, I'm going stir crazy. I've got to tell you, I prefer the golf easy lift. Oh, I know. The golf, that's magnificent. No combination. No. We've got to, we've got to tick off every, 
everything out there. We've got to tick it all off. Uh, no, you don't. You just need golf easy lift and uh, lift your golf ball out of the hole and you get to the next hole and you put it on a tee if you're capable and then you move on and repeat. If you don't think my disposable golf gloves are a game changer, Phil, I'm not sure you really understand this game. Or changing it. Which is mm. probably quite. Well, what have you got? Have you got something that's better? Oh, than that? yeah. Sure. oh yeah. I don't think it's possible. Oh, so much better. So I was inspired by Dave last week. I've got to be honest. Uh, is this, are you going Phil? I'll just save you the time. It's called match play. <laughs> yeah. No, but this idea of making golf like tennis, which we could morph into a game and we could call it match play, inspired. So here's what my idea is: game changer, Damo. You're going to love this. What yeah, about? I'm sure I will. What about if we? We agree that if you par a hole, or according to your handicap, you par it, you get two points. And if oh, you do one better wow. than your handicap, you get three points. Oh, it's a, it's a counting system. And it's, we'll call it, it's like, speaking this of sound, horses, This sounds quite stable. It actually sounds quite stable, Phil. That's this the, is a stable style of counting. That's my horse racing thing. Stable Ford. Stable Ford. Horse genius. No, that's not it at all. But it's close. Better not be. So here's my idea as my game changer. And we talk about changing the game up a little bit. What about if it was personalized Stableford? Because everyone's got holes that are their nemesis or nemesises or nemesi, depending on who you are. Ooh, nemesi. (laughs) So I know, I know, and I was going through this a couple of weeks ago in terms of my best scores that I've ever had on a particular Mm. hole down where I play golf. And there are some holes where the best score that I've ever had is a bogey. Now, there's not many of them, but I don't want to take my shots there. Most are doubles. Yeah, no, that's also true. But I don't want to take my shots there. So I know that if I play, for example, off, let's say I was off nine, or like you off eight, Damien. Let's say you're off eight. We'll just talk about you for a minute. You're off eight. Right, yeah. You nominate before you play the eight holes that you'd like to get your shots on. Irrelevant mm. to what the course ratings are, because why should yeah, someone I actually else love it. tell you where? You- I hate that. I, I hate that. I love this already, Phil. Because we're not all the same. Why should we all? Exactly. Exactly. What if I mean a left-hander to a right-hander could be the very difference on a exactly hole. right. Par three. You're a good iron player, but you're a terrible driver. You should be able mm-hmm. to nominate. You know that you can nominate eight holes to get a shot. Why don't you just yep. nominate them? And in fact, if you log on using one of the, the magical systems and actually preset them, when you turn up and register, the card prints- Whilst wearing your disposable whilst gloves. Whilst wearing your disposable gloves. Yes, Damien, I love that idea too. I really don't. But personalised Stableford. Just allocate your shots where you want them, not where they're being allocated to you, and see what happens to the scores. And there may be no difference, but what does it matter? If I'm giving, Where's given the, 11 shots- Why can't we have choice? Shots? Why can't we have choice, Phil? I'm with you. Why can't we have choice? Golf, I'm not even allowed We're to being told golf. there's too much telling, not enough, not enough listening. Hear us. Personalized. Let us choose. Personalized. We choose golf. Stableford. So here's my challenge to all, all well, everyone well, before, who's listening before, who also plays golf. Before you do that, Phil, I need a name. I need a clever name for this because personalized Stableford isn't. It's not a. You're a marketer. You're yeah. a great. Marketer. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a this. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you go to lots of markets. Yeah. This has to have a bit of a catchy name if you want it to sort of, uh, you know, get a bit of buzz with the kids. Stableson. Stableson. <laughs> it's got a ring. Vandalay. It's got a ring. <laughs> Personford. Per- Personford. No, I like, I like, I like Stabilay. Stabilay. Bonford. There you go. Okay. Anyway, we won't, we won't brainstorm that now. But I reckon personalised Stableford, I don't see why you couldn't do it. And even if you're going to play with a group of mates, why don't you just, as long as you're nominating the hole and it's crystal clear what holes you have elected to have it on, you can get rid of, you can own your nemesis holes or you can get rid of them and you can move on and it's a game changer and it's awesome. No, I'm sorry. It is awesome. I love it. Well done, Phil. Uh, your second best. It's your second best game changer. Is that after Uber, Uber Golf, Uber golf Uber rankings, rankings? Is yeah. is just no. Nah, it's with a bullet. It's a fair <laughs> bit right. ahead. And then the playthrough flag. <laughs> They're so far. That's so far behind. Okay. <laughs> I've only come up with uh, three. <laughs> very good boy. I, I want you to keep flowing on into your gear effect for this week. Phil. Uh, and and it'll be my joy. And in fact, one of the guys I was referring to in my loves about improvement has a particular bag that I'm going to refer to. And and really, this is about lightening the load of playing golf with a lighter load. And rather than think about 14 clubs. It's a nine mm-hmm. club, and it's not a three club challenge or anything silly like that. This is about saying you're going to carry nine clubs, and you're going to put them in a little ping moonlight bag, or like my mate has a Mackenzie Walker, 
You love that. I thing, do love the McKinsey Walker as featured. That's in, worth more than your car. Uh, it is worth twice my car. Expensive. Uh, as featured in Baron's Life, Damien, that just came out last week. Goodbye, you. And but this idea of choosing nine clubs, whacking the clubs over your shoulders in a bag, just in case the ground has COVID. And this is assuming we're ever allowed to play golf again in Victoria, <laughs> and I'm air as well. Like, we've got to make sure we're wearing a mask. But whack the clubs over your shoulder, nine clubs. Damien, you've got to get rid of five clubs out of your bag. What's coming out without thought? Five clubs, <laughs> well, go. Well, the driver's the first one yeah. out. Bang, driver out. I'll probably get rid of a full four iron. Two. Six iron. Three. Eight iron. <laughs> yeah. See where I'm going? Four. <laughs> i got to get rid of one more, do I? Uh, and I could probably get rid of one of my wedges, which would probably be my 51 degree. Very good. Well, I am challenging you once we're allowed out that we are- Depends. Sorry, it depends no, it what doesn't. course I'm playing. It does. No, 100% does. No, it doesn't because yeah, I just no, it does. you then and it's whatever yeah, course okay. you had in your mind and that's where we're going to yes, go and play. Yes, that course. Yeah, yeah, that course. Good. So we're going to yeah. go and play that course and we are both playing the nine club challenges- with personal with personal on a stable fit with stable Stableson 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 we're doing we're playing stable stable eight I'm going to Uber ranking you after the round and we're going to go with the nine club challenge because I just think lighten the load change the game it's all about just reinventing the game and again this little enforced break Dan that we're are we on. going to be are we going to be arrested for doing this Phil Damien I think you're thinking about bringing out one too many clubs <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Hey, sorry, that's oh. on behalf of Blue Barons. <laughs> anyway, gear effect, there you go, lighten the load. It's just a challenge to people to think differently no. about the game, and I reckon, I tell you, with a pink moonlight bag that's got that, that floral design, that that Hawaiian design. That looks cool. Yeah. That looks very Giddy cool. Up. Or the McKenzie Walker, they're your two options. So lighten yeah. the load. Damo, you got a gear effect for us? or nice. you? I do. Actually, no, I don't. Well, it's more, it's more of a, a question, a bit of a discussion point that I've been thinking about. Blades versus mallet putters, Phil. <laughs> no, you know, you know, I love blade. In fact, you're a blade man too. Right? Yeah. Oh, I've seen you with, I've seen you play around with both. You, you keep trying to play it down, but you're actually, you're actually a very good putter, and you putt quite well with a blade. But it, it got me thinking, with all the technology and all the things we know now about, you know, mallet putters having the higher MOI, so we know, we we know that at least in theory they have more forgiveness, maybe not the feel and blah blah blah. And you got to, you know, marry out. What, what do you prefer? But I thought, I thought I'd go and have a look at what's actually happening on tour. What are the tour, tour guys doing? And it turns out that 60% of the top 50 players are using mallet putters. So, I mean, I guess to me, are we making the game harder unnecessarily by not playing with a mallet putter? You know what? When I get to an elite level like that, I'm going to throw this. This is backed with no fact, which is really unusual for me. Potentially what it's saying is that 60% of golfers are just not working hard enough on their putting or they don't <laughs> think enough about it or they're looking for little get-out-of-jail freeze as opposed to saying, I mean, Ben Crenshaw, like, look at the greatest putters of all time. And there is also something they've got in common on top of the fact that they rolled the ball very well. Very well. They all used blade putters. Even mm-hmm. at a time where mallets were starting to exist, they all used blade putters. The best putters ever of all used blade putters. And and so you say, if they've all got that in common, I wonder what it is that they've got going for them that I don't. Yeah. I think you're right, actually. I'm thinking about it. Crenshaw was a blade. Badley's a, Badley's a blade, I'm pretty sure. Elkington. Faxon. Yeah, they're all blades. I mean, yeah, okay. Tiger, that guy. Tiger. Um, a little yeah, bloke okay. called Brooks. So, well, he's not one of the best putters of all time. It's too early to tell, Phil. But I take your point. Well, after my um, crystal balls. <laughs> <laughs> but- Okay, I just I found it interesting that as much as I want I want the win to be in the blade corner because you know how much I love blades and blade putters. It just seems that the science is against us. Is all I'm saying. Phil. There's no question, this, but that is what the science is. And you know me being a little bit of a product guy. You know when you look at even use an example the the Hepler putters. You look at the answer putter within the Hepler range. Yeah. Is oh it, God, how good does that? But look? as a full as a full stainless steel putter that is just solid and it's simple and it's the origins of, of the game or pretty close to it with the, the Ping 1A, but not exactly, but pretty close, versus a Tyne, you know, when you've got the – or the Tyne 3, when you've got the aluminium face and yeah. the steel body, which is all about forgiveness. And it's all about, you know, being able to miss the middle and consistently hit it well. Well, hang on, I don't want a club that is allows me to miss the middle 
and consistently hit it well. Except you do with irons. This is why no, I keep saying so to you, you iron need iron. blades because you not an iron. can hit them. That was you can hit them. That was not an eye eye, and it's that was a good part of more fun. Listen to my eye. It's not so me much being eye. It's me being Ben Crenshaw. So I wonder whether or not, Damien, if you overlay, here's oh, one a little research project for you. Overlay mallet putters. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Overlay mallet putters and cavity back yes. irons. And see if there's a correlation between the guys who play blades and a blade putter. But no one plays blades. That's the no, problem. they do. They do. There's the good many. putters do. The 40%. <laughs> pulled out of. <laughs> the numbers that were well, the same facts that they banned golf in Victoria, the same fact book. 40% yeah. just random. When in doubt, oh, 40%. It's got to be at least 40. Pretty light. 40% of all people know that. Oh, yeah. You've got to extrapolate it and 40% because they're the only mm. two terms I know. All right, Phil. All right, Phil. Baron-esque behaviours. Come on. I know you've – I know I've been a bit angry today. You're going to just you're gonna just excite me with something incredibly cool that you've done over the last week. It certainly won't be anything that I've done over the last week, month, year or otherwise because I've never been accused of behaving like a baron. But one thing that struck me in the last 48 hours was just the, the fact that every now and again when you think days. that people don't do – the right thing, or particularly companies don't do the right thing, an opportunity arises and they just they just do it. They take action and they say, we're doing it because it's the right thing. And I'm referring to a company called Nextbelt. Mm, and Nextbelt- Know them very well, Phil. Who make fantastic, by the way, make absolutely fantastic belts uh, and a huge range of them. Have, they're, Lukey, they're the Lukey boys, aren't uh, they? And they do make, they did, made a limited, limited edition Luke the Duck belt for challenge and to yep. support- Legends. Uh, Jared and Jared and Bryony distributing Next Belt. But what they've just done is they've decided to make some ball markers specifically for Luke the Duck that have got 14 cogs around the wheel, which is one of the for each of the year that Jared played on tour. And they've actually gifted them to challenge, whereby That's not brilliant. 40% of the proceeds or 80% of the proceeds, 100% of everything that challenge sells in these next belt markers goes to challenge. And it's absolutely fantastic. So challenge.org.au forward slash shop. Get on there, make sure that you buy these if uh, if Phil and I and the rest of the Barons team hasn't loaded up on them ourselves. Get out there, guys. Really support these. That's awesome, Phil. Yeah, and a little a in memory of – and, and it's just on the back of the marker. It's got – and, yeah, there always has to be a little bit of branding, but in memory of Jared Lyle, and it's really touching and we're, we're not, not as close as some, closer than others to the, the whole story, but it's more about just the fact that a company has continued to do the right – thing and think about ways they continue to help and continue to assist and i say three votes next belt well done well done bryony from getting that all sorted and support challenge yeah well done yep challenge.org.au and, and visit the uh, the shop online on that site guys fantastic really really good phil i've got a bit of a baroness uh, behavior and i'm giving myself a pat on the back this oh, week turn it up yeah, yeah, I might, I might hurt myself, but we'll see how hard I can, I can tap myself. It's all about paying it forward, Phil, and it's about introducing kids to the game. And I did that this week again. Not that they haven't been introduced, but just keeping that, keeping that going while they're. I mean, we're not the only ones locked up. They're locked up at home. I mean, they could be at school, but but they're locked up as well. And they, we sit here going, oh God, you, you little, you little troopers, uh, you can get a bit annoying at times. They're probably thinking the same thing about us. So I thought what I'd do is have some magnificent daddy daycare time. So I got, I got the boys and, and the little one, little girl, two-year-old, brought out this an old CS2 putting A that I found in the garage, Phil. Do you remember the those green things? green plastic thing? Yes, that's <laughs> the one. <laughs> got that out, set that up, put the, um, the you know, they've got the gates yeah. on them. So it's a practice putting, so you can tighten up the gates. Uh, my eldest just put it straight on the hardest setting. Goes, no, no, no that's where we got to get to. We start on that. He's he's a little bit competitive. He uses a blade um, He do, And pff, nothing else is allowed in the house. And he, um, anyway, so I got them to do it. And I made it into a bit of a challenge for them. Some leftover Easter eggs as prizes. Won some points with the missus. He got a few quiet minutes to herself as well. So that's a win. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty baronesque right Genius. there. You become a hero with the kids because, well, you know, you know, Easter eggs, Phil. Chocolate. Chocolate. It gets it gets the job done. And it gets them starting out putting, more importantly, with a technique. And more to the point, they just they enjoy it. It becomes fun. So over here, winner, baronesque behaviour. Get the kids putting inside. You know what's really disappointing about the whole rant that you just went on, uh, or the whole pat yourself <laughs> on the back, is that you didn't refer to one of my greatest marketing concepts, which I'd forgotten, ahead of the playthrough flag. Play it well, forward. What? 
It wasn't pay it forward. It's play it forward. This is the whole no, concept of the game. You could have just used that. I've trademarked no, it. It's cost it's, us enough money. I'm not, I'm not a thief, Phil. I don't care no, for thieving. We own it. We? Oh, I didn't know that. Do you want is this what, how much did that cost? Is that why we've got nothing in the Would back? you like to revise what you called about playing it forward? So make sure that you play it forward. Play it, genius, Damien. Play it forward. Trademark, Phil. That's Trademark. awesome. You are the baron of the barons. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, here we, we're all going. The a point bit is, crazy, is that kids love golf. People, they do. kids love golf. We just have to give them the opportunity to play it or taste it at whatever level, and give it to them in the way in which they can absorb it and have some fun with it. But I guess we're not telling anyone anything new there. It's just a matter of reinforcing it and make sure that we do it. Crystal balls, Phil. I think we'll try and get through these predictions reasonably quickly. Have you got any this week? Mine are pretty straightforward. You know that I'm a bit of a fan of a bloke. You're fans of lots of blokes. And with, <laughs> with the announcement of uh, the majors and the the adjusting of the schedules, minus oh, the Open Championship. This is, a, this is Brooks. <laughs> yeah, minus the Open Championship. I'm going to declare that Brooks is going to win the Brooks Slam. <laughs> we do. Uh, at the risk of... Yeah. Which is? Which is all the events other than the Open. And he's going to be the only person to have ever won every major in a year but have not yep. have won the Open. Hey, genius. Only person. Brooks Slam. Mm. They'll actually name it. They'll do a tin golf balls, whatever golf ball is using, but they'll do tins of them. I think it might be probably one. Brooks Slam. Anyway, so that's my tour one. They kept you cool. And my personal one is I'm going to come back hitting it shorter and worse than ever. <laughs> this is similar to one of mine. Don't worry. Uh, I am... <laughs> going to have fear, dead set fear of making contact. I am not one of those guys who can play once no, a year. go and Phil, you need to read the latest issue of Baron's Life. Yeah, no, I did. And You become what you fear. I know Dr. I'm embracing Joe Parent it. has told us this. No, I understand that, except Dav last week told us to actually embrace the fear so that we weren't afraid Dav was of it. Dav's wrong. Anymore. Dav's not here. <laughs> Dav's not here, man. Uh, <laughs> Dave? Is that <laughs> Sister Mary Elephant? Anyway, I'm not one of those who can play twice a year. And just come out and after two swings start flushing it. Yeah. I'm one that needs six months to build up. So all my momentum is lost. And you need the vertigo to, to settle I, down I'm going to well. come out worse than ever. There's my crystal balls. I'm going to be worse than ever. All right. Well, we'll find that We'll find that out in three to six months, Phil. And in fact, no, we won't. It'll be a lot quicker because my crystal balling is that the Victorian government will open up golf courses in the next fortnight, Phil. I'm trying to give them a bit of love now. I've been hating on them the whole podcast. They're going to do a bit of a backflip. And they're going to open it up in, in the next fortnight. Please do it. You you're do not happy about that. You, are you? do understand you, this you, is not happening, don't you? Oh, I've got. You've got to. You've got to take. You've got to have a crack. You've got to have a crack and come out with something a little bit bold. But they were um, going to open them, Damien, and then they listened to this. Yeah, well, that's well, that's not factual. Um, now you and I. <laughs> now, now the personal one is actually. <laughs> the, the the personal one I uh, <laughs> actually involved both of us. And I said that the, <laughs> you and I will both have at least one shank in our first round. <laughs> and, and I'm not like I think I've been really conservative with one. <laughs> I'm just not confident about about flushing anything. I'm a chance of having yeah. a shank driving to the golf course. Oh, exactly. Like, now, now, I did have I did have one more semi-serious one. I actually genuinely think, after all this is said and done, because we've all had something that we love taken away from us, I think there'll be a realignment of societal manners, Phil. I actually think, in, especially in golf and on the golf course, I think people will start to be kinder to each other, have a little bit more patience with each other. There'll be less of the, I don't know, walking across a course and abusing someone for driving a cart, two carts in the rough when there's only one cart in a group, for example. For example. Hello, the National. If you happen to be down at the National and happen to have driven three metres into the rough, which was not actually the rough because the cart said that it wasn't. Yes. So I think those kinds of members are going to either have been taken or they're going to have, um, have settled down a little bit because they uh, want to get out and actually involve themselves with some, some people in, a, uh, in a, a bit of a kinder way. Or they're looking forward to our next series, Conversation with Covers in Carts. But we'll deal with oh, that Phil. Time. Oh, nice little, nice little teaser there. Nice little teaser. Not exactly PC. Don't be there if you've. Yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah, <laughs> not not for the faint heart. There'll be enough warnings. Say. There'll be enough warnings at the front to suggest who should or shouldn't be watching what is about to come out. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it, Phil. Oh man, I'm dreaming of the day to get back out on that course. <sighs> Speaking of dreaming, Phil, were you? <laughs> what have you got, Damo? I've. Mentioned this golf course before when I did a bit of a history lesson that I'm sure you're awake for around old Tom Morris. 
But I just nodded off again. But what I did was explore a little bit more about it because this dreaming is about the purity of the game, and we both agree that Lynx Golf is is where our heart is oh, and really where the heart of the game yep. is. And 100%. so, dreaming this week is a skirmish. We're in Scotland, aren't we? A skirmish golf club in Scotland. Whereabouts in Scotland? A skirmish. So it's in the Outer Hebrides. Bless you. Where is it, Phil? In Scotland. Go on. Scotland. Or am I not pronouncing that properly either? No, I was just trying to work out what your Herbanides was. What's your Herbanides? The Oh, Damo. Can you just get on with this? Because people are starting to switch off. A Skirnish Golf Club. South West in the Outer Hebrides. Old Tom Morris, 1891, gets commissioned by Lady Cathcate to wander out to the Outer Hebrides and have a look about building a bit of a little bit of a golf course. And he's got there, and you know what his biggest challenge was when he arrived on the land? What was that? He's working out exactly where he could put the golf course because he said there were six golf courses worthy of outstanding oh. land that he just oh. didn't know exactly where to start. And, in fact, the choice was staggering with the words that he used of, of options. But anyway, what happened is that initially they built this golf course at a skirmish and they got some – the local farmers and farm workers used to uh, use scythes and all the rest of it to be able to clean it up and tidy up the fairways because it was built in really rustic, really rustic style. But then – things declined and so that it started to fall into decline got grown over and then there were various things that happened in on this island and then 1936 they built a little 12 hole golf course which was more inland and fewer things i was going to say is there um is there a dreaming here or is this the history lesson no it's a combination of both because the dreaming kicks in now is that in 2005 a project yes. called the restoration project began Ooh, and it I was like it. with a guy called gordon irvine who was invited to come and have a look at the land under the, because he wanted to have somewhere to shoot and hunt trout and go fishing and do all the other things, and he discovered, or what was advised, that there was an, a bloke with a bit of a famous reputation designed a golf course there and built a golf course there, mm-hmm. and he didn't believe it and was told that it was a guy called Old Tom Morris. He wandered out onto this lynx land and went looking around to discover that. Underneath all of it, there really was this 18-hole golf course designed by old Tom Morris, and it is unbelievable. But what I love <laughs> the most about it, we often joke. What do you love? We often joke when we go down to places like the Dunes in on coast of Victoria, is that yep. the land looks like all you had to do was get a mower out. You didn't have to move any earth, and whack a green there, whack a fairway. It was there. just a ready-made course. That's yep. the way it was. They said all that you need to do, and all they decided to do to recover the golf course, is that. They didn't want any earth moving at all. And in fact, they only had to do it around one green. That really, it should just be done by cutting grass and filling in rabbit holes. On a skirmish on the golf course, they continue to allow sheep and cattle to graze because it keeps the rough lean. But this is as rural and rustic as you can get. But it's an old Tom Morris gem. And everyone, mm-hmm. and, and a great story. And I've really done it a disservice. But it's a great story <laughs> no about the journey of a skirmish. And we need to get there. And it's not easy to get there, but we'll find a way. And as is it a skirmish or Askanish? Oh, seriously? What part no, of I'm Scotland being are you from? Askanish. Sorry, go, go on now. Described as golf as it was meant to be. And in terms of covering off a few of these little things about what we're going to eat and what we're going to do, I tell you what we are going to do. We're going to close our eyes and listen to the drone of bagpipes firing up because yes. nothing is more emotional or tugs at the heartstrings or gets you into a moment than bagpipes. So we're going to listen to bagpipes. We're going to eat some haggis and we're going to drink scotch, even though I don't eat haggis or drink scotch. I'm in for a big change. But a skirmish is absolutely my dreaming and it is on a must-play list along with Brora, a skirmish, Macrahanish. We have a lot of golf to be played over in Scotland, Damo. We do, we do. Now this week, Phil, I've been thinking isolation, believe it or not. I thought about, I was thinking to myself, what would be, or what are some of the most secluded places or hidden courses that I could come up with? And I've got one. It's going to be very hard to get to, <laughs> but Phil, I'm taking you to Lofoten Links. L-O-F-O-T-E-N. L-O-F-O-T-E-N. Links. It's on the island of Gimzoi in Lofoten, which is a small little village um, in Lofoten. Is that how you say it? I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You're just doing it back at me. Fair enough. But it's, where are we, Phil? Do you know where we are? Yeah, you said in Lofoten. Yeah, where's that? In uh, the island of Gizmo. <laughs> no, it's in Norway. In Norway. Yeah. So we're in Norway. Of course. And this place, wait, wait, Phil, like quite seriously, this could be the most spiritual 
bit of land that a golf course is on. And I mean that genuinely. Like this this place is screaming. It is that good. So it's a little archipelago and it's it's well inside the Arctic Circle. Now what th- what that means, so it's the most northern golf course on the planet, I believe. And what that means is from the end of May till the end of July, the sun never sets. So you get that 24 hours a day of sunlight. Which means you, and you can actually play golf 24 hours a day while while that's there. Pretty incredible. It's one of the few courses in the world that offers offers that and it includes like six hours in the midnight sun doesn't even make sense to us it's just incredible now this was designed by an english golf course architect called jimmy no not jimmy what's his name jeremy turner now he's no relation to ike or tina i believe but or Pekka um, have, we haven't heard of him probably but he deserves plenty of kudos because this could genuinely be one of the most incredible golf courses on the planet. What strikes you about it? Give me a visual. So a visual would be, okay, so think think Cape Wickham on multiple, multiple steroids. <laughs> it's I actually can't dis- – I've never seen visually and haven't never seen a course quite as stunning. I'm surprised that – I hadn't heard about it till I did some study on it, but it's got an incredible little history here. There's actually two Viking Viking gravestones on this site, and we're talking like ninth, tenth century. Lars we're talking, and we're talking nine hundred nine hundred AD. Incredible history. Now, now, anyway, September is the best time to play here because wait for it, you can play golf during the day, and then at night the the light comes down and you can see. The Northern Lights or Aurora yes. Borealis. Oh, Borealis. Now, 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 I've wanted to say that I wanted to do that forever in a day. Now, if I can do golf and that, tell me that's not the greatest day of your life. No, it's the greatest day of your life. Hence, it's your dreaming. I'd, oh, I'd rather see the Aurora Borealis. Me. That's exactly what I said. Anyway, no, you said Aurora was, oh, Australis. I meant. <laughs> so anyway, so we're staying. We're staying on site. There's, they've got Lofoten Links Lodge, which is on site. Deluxe Standard Lodge, just off the beach. And it's about, it's about 640 bucks a night. The views over the archipelago are just they're just they're transcendent, Phil. They're unbelievable. You feel like you're in another world. You can do that by sitting outside with a drink, a little a little sauna you can have just on the on the terrace there as well. So make sure you pack your boardies. Eating and drinking look will be will be you know locally sourced food at the at the club there, which is they've got a little restaurant there, restaurant Lavin. Or you can just go up the road to Hovgard. We're drinking local beers. Look, I'm not going to put make much you know put too much into the eating and drinking, which is kind of opposite to what I normally do. This is all about the golf course, the scenery, the experience. It's quite a journey to get there. It's really tricky to get to, but by God, I reckon it'll be worth it. That name again? Lofoten. L-O-F-O-T-E-N. Just look it up. Google it and wow. This might surprise you. I'm actually going to Google it. Yeah, do. No, I for once do some research. <laughs> yeah. <film>. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, uh, that's that's enough of my dreaming. I don't want to go too much into it. I've Honestly, though, this is one that I'm not even joking. We are, we have to make a journey, a golf baron's journey there. That's a feature film. We're going we're gonna to do it, Phil. I'm telling you, it has to happen. Anyway, on to your history lesson, Phil. Let's wrap this up. Well, this one's not so much a history lesson, Damo, as I've decided to take this in a different direction. And I've decided to start investigating some of the great feuds of golf. And we're going to call this the feudal Family system. feud. <laughs> yes, because there always has to be a no. No Rob Gruff, no Rob Ruff here. And we're going. Right. No, there's no family feud. Come on down, Sheriff um, Hage. But we're going to start at the very beginning, and this is what I'm terming the first equipment war. So we've mm-hmm. got our Talamides and our Callaways and everyone else going against each other, and we know that ultimately you know, Ping are just better than all of them. But you know, as they go on, but the equipment wars started a long, long time ago, and really the first one was when a bloke called Alan Robertson, who's regarded as the best player Robert. to never win a major, yeah, Robert, went up against a little favourite of mine called Old Tom. Mozza. Now, Mozza worked for Robert at St Andrews Golf Links, and, and Mozza was a, um, a golf ball maker. So Robert used to have a business manufacturing feathery golf balls, which, as you know, Damien, is when you get cow hide or pig hide or otherwise, and you stuff mm-hmm. it full of poultry feathers and wrap it tight and you keep it wet and that was how golf used to be played well then moza got into this whole idea and he used to be able to make about two thousand balls a year robo moza discovered gutter percha not a bad turnout or, or was introduced to gutter percha which was malaysian rubber that could actually be melted into a shape and and once it was in that shape it held held shape which meant the game changed dramatically from feathery to gutter percha well robo wasn't too happy with that 
because Robbo felt that feathery was the future. Not only that, but Robbo had to feather his own nest because Robbo was a feathery maker. <laughs> Not bad by you. You like that? So Robbo. <laughs> it's a feather in your cap. Big L. Robbo said, I'm going to buy as many of these balls as possible to stop my customers, my very loyal customers, from offering me $200 for a golf bag that cost me 380 Sorry, no, that was one of my hates. I'm going to buy as many of these golf balls as possible to stop my customers discovering what gutter percher is so they continue to buy the featheries. And the first equipment war erupted. So really, on one side, we had Team Feathery, which was Team Robo, 2,000 balls per M and stuff with hide. The balls need oiling. Well, this is one of the great things. Your balls needed oiling. You need, you need to oil, you got to oil you your balls. Oil you, don't your want balls. To dry, you don't want your balls to dry out, Phil. Because you've got to keep them waterproof. Because otherwise they soak up all the water. So you got to. So with Big L, you had to oil. You your don't balls. want soaked up, soaked balls, do you? No. Ideal for wooden-headed clubs. You know that was the way golf was played. Whereas got a percher under Team Tomo. So Team Moza, he could make a hundred balls a day. Moz, Malaysian rubber molded and modern game with irons. And this is the interesting thing about the whole feud: is the modern game was the iron became the iron game and about became hitting down on the ball to get the ball launching and coming in to stop on the greens. Well, that was a game, interestingly enough, that was perfectly suited for gutter percher, that Robbo, mm -hmm. the greatest player never to win a major championship, mainly because he died before the Open was first played, was one of the cutting-edge uh, guys to develop the technique of how to hit a gutter percha ball better and how the game changed, even though he was a big feathery man. So even then, he couldn't help but swing. So the first family feud, the first feudal system was... Robbo, Team Robbo, against Old Tom. And so we've decided now from for the next few weeks we're going to explore some of the great feuds that have existed in the game of golf. And there's one in particular with our Uber Baron that I can't wait to get onto in a couple of weeks' time because I think everyone's Hello. going to enjoy that. Hello, Keegan. <laughs> Hello, Keegan. And with that conclusion to Philbert's history lesson today, Tenuous Links Golf Podcast comes to a close. Special thanks to today's sponsor, Under Armour. Make sure you're looking sharp the next time you step out onto the fairways with some of the best golf apparel available from head to toe. And be sure to check out our new golf show, Golf Barons Season 1. It remains the perfect way to procrastinate while stuck in forced self-isolation. You might learn something new and you will certainly have a few laughs. Hop on over to baronslife.com to get free access while it lasts. Thanks again for listening, Barons. Hope we can all meet again soon out on the course from two metres away. Boil your balls. <laughs>